90s Now with Kelly Alexander and Sharon Hyland. Hi, you guys. Hola, mi amor. Was that a cross between Spanish and Italian? It might have been. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of uh, uh, mixed gray area that happens with uh, Spanish and Italian. Buongiorno, mi amor. Ciao, bello. Mm, Grazie. This is all I know. I yeah, that's more than enough. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> Wait, question. Mm-hmm. Do, yes. d- is it just me or does it feel like everybody's in Italy right now? No, you're... I feel yes. like all my friends, everybody's traveling to Italy at this very moment for the past I month. I mean, I'm jealous. Don't get me wrong. It's a, an amazing place to go, but it just seems like everybody's there. I totally agree with you. Um, and our youngest went with her boyfriend, spent like nine days there. Um, <sighs> I had another group of friends that were there. I had another, my, one of our colleagues, Chantal, spent some time there. There was a lot of crossover and, and people just saying, well, yeah, I was just in Italy. There's that, <laughs> that reference point has been very popular lately. And while I'm happy for them. I'm jealous of them. Mm-hmm. We also had another colleague because I was on the air this weekend and other colleague, Jason, came to tell me about, well, his was like in May, end of May, early June. Yeah. So I heard all about his escapades in Amore. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to get there for like every single reason you'd want to go to Italy is why I want to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to see if I can go to Lake Como and hang out with George Clooney. See if that works out. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. He's Have been free and easy and... with that information that he has a place on Lake Como. I feel I could find it. Yeah, probably not hard at all. He's asking for it, really. He really is. And by asking for it, it's a nice invitation. That's how we're hearing it, George. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I take we're off my weird. shoes when I come inside. It'll be great. We're not weird. We're happy. You know, just sidebar before you quickly run over what we're doing (laughs) on the show. I want to say that I feel extremely bad for celebrities that have to deal with crazy stalker people because, Mm. you know, we're making light of it. But I just saw a story last week where Taylor Swift had another wingnut uh, trying to get into her. I think it was her her uh, her uh, New York apartment or New York, you know. And they have to have security with them at all times because it's really not safe. And that's and and, and I know they're famous and I know they have a gajillion dollars, but sometimes I'm yeah. sure they just would like to go to the corner store and get a chocolate bar and they can't. And and it's true. And I think that uh, uh, the quicker they realize that they can't just do that, the pro- the easier it probably is for them. Like I think uh, from our perspective, if uh we have people that call us that that are really into what we're doing which is great and i think that what that means is that we're doing our job well we're we're making the connections uh and sometimes people's situations have those connections seem stronger to them but ultimately uh i think it's a good sign that we're making good connections Mm -hmm. i think when things go a bit uh screwy uh, it gets a bit dangerous. And Thankfully, Kelly and Adam, we still can go to the store and buy our own chocolate bars. bar. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it, and it also mostly feels like it's women celebrities or women artists that you know have to deal with this stuff. So, and I wonder about how many people, how many celebrities l- go through that, and we just don't hear about it. Mm-hmm. We hear oh, about I'm it sure. once in a while, but it has to happen a lot more often than mm-hmm. what we hear about. I would say I would agree with you. Um, because I think that once the information gets out, 
it's misconstrued by the let's say perpetrator Stalkers for lack of be, a yeah. less technical term and it might get like twisted in their mind as to it being the right thing that they're doing so you don't want to give it any extra attention and copycat mm-hmm. stuff right mm-hmm. copycat stuff yeah Anyways, that's Crazy. the end of my dark club. But I do, I do want to say that you know, it's it's you know, I work in pop radio, so I often hear about Taylor Swift or Ariana Grande, Selena Gomez. I think had problems. Um, Janet Jackson's had problems before. Madonna, of course. Like, I, I they have to yeah. have full time professional security teams. Britney Spears, you know, it's not. It's like her ex husband just crashed her own wedding. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, our our colleague Chantal, who was just uh, kind of all over the place in Europe, but ended up going to Glastonbury Festival. Wow. She said that after Noel Gallagher's set, he was milling about the crowd. I don't know if he had security with him, but he felt fine enough to <laughs> sort of be amongst the people, you know? So then that, that might prove our point that it's uh, more women that have greater issues with security detail like that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, like you said, Kel, let us actively push the dark cloud out of the way. That's fine. Back to the program. Back to the show, babies. <laughs> um, you know what? You can't really have a reboot of a show without the title character. Or maybe you can. We'll talk about that. But there is good news for some uh, new slash old TV coming back. We're also going to talk about the power of music and how it brought back one of the voices from uh, the 90s from his darkest edge. We've got Kelly's Trivia, got your 90s Rewind coming up. That'll take us back to around uh, summertime 1997. Okay. Uh, we've got dogs in the room, so that's great. Uh, <laughs> we can uh, hear those metals wiggling. <laughs> exactly. They're here. They think I'm loaded with treats. I've got nothing. <laughs> um, the good thing about uh, some news that we got, Wyclef Jean has done an interview making the announcement that the Fugees will perform again. I figure we should start there because it's all good news. However vague, however uh, lacking in detail it is, we'll start there. Now, the quote that uh, that Wyclef was saying about how coming back would be great, I don't even remember the last time the Fugees performed live. I don't remember a lot, just the whole COVID thing. Who knows? <laughs> um, I remember seeing them as part of uh, Dave Chappelle's block party, and that was crazy good uh but the quote from Wyclef Jean is all I can do is tell you that with the Fugees I'm very excited and I look forward to it getting scheduled I look forward as a fan of the Fugees I'm very excited all I could do is just tell all the fans do not lose hope because y'all know we the hip-hop grateful dead we gonna get this thing crackling Cracklin? Crackin'. Um, <laughs> either way, you get a Kraken, it'll be Cracklin, that's for sure. And they're right, the hip-hop Grateful Dead, they just keep on going. Except that, the Grateful Dead never had any issues. They just kept on, they actually kept on touring. There was zero issue, like show after show after show. No two shows the same with the Grateful Dead. They just kept on going. Uh, so that's good news, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's putting it out there. He's happy to share some... Slightly vague news, not to lose hope. Didn't they perform together? Was it just before Christmas? Remember, they were supposed to do a bunch of shows and then they got canceled. But they, they, I think they did do the New York one, right? Like, good. I, I'm pretty okay. sure they See? did. See, that's a recent memory. Blanco in my mind. I'm mind-o. pretty sure they did that one date, and then they were supposed to go. Remember, they were supposed to go to Africa and a few other countries for one-off dates. 
Yeah, right. I have a few information here. In September 2021, they announced a reunion tour to celebrate 25 years of their album, The Score. Oh, great album. But in on October 29th, they announced uh, the tour was postponed until early 2022. And clearly, that still didn't happen. Yeah, we are so, well past the halfway mark yeah. of 2022. Yeah. Well, here's well, the extra good news about this. Is that if this is an eventuality... That if Lauren Hill knows now that this could be happening, she can she start to plan her time. schedule and maybe make it on time. You know what I realized her issue is that she's clearly not doing and should do, and then all of this can be alleviated? Have an agenda, a calendar? Well, in our iPhones, you can set alarms <laughs> oh. and reminders. So say on July 7th, she has a concert at 9 p.m., Dingly dingly, like put a few of these <laughs> alarms and you are good to go. You should make that um, like a sound, a tone that people can buy. Dingly dingly. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> dingly dingly, you got a show, girl. Yeah. <laughs> mute. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. She's got a mute something happening. <laughs> uh, so we'll get some more info and we'll keep you posted as as to when the uh, good news will keep on coming from the uh, Fuji's camp until then we've got Kelly's trivia 90s <laughs> now trivia bing bong bing bong Chandler bing bong actually my better half is currently on a friends binge Ooh, it's been about the last nice. three weeks, and she's, I think she. I caught into her around season three, and now she's made it into season five. And I've been wow. watching a few episodes here and there, and it's interesting because I was a religious Friends watcher during the original yeah. run. Really haven't yep. watched it since, obviously. Um, and it's funny because some of the parts, I'm like, I don't remember that. And then others, you're so full in, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting to see just how whiny Ross is. You don't realize oh. how whiny of a character he was until you rewatch the best part about his character is when uh, it had to have been like season six, five or six or so, where he took a turn and he he got like sassy. You know, he still had the whiny quality to him, yeah. but he, it's like he just totally came into himself as a character. So that was super fun. He's the Ross man. <laughs> he and uh, Jennifer Aniston are seemingly like they all look great, but those two particularly look like they have not aged at all. Zero. It's true, because uh, Matt LeBlanc is uh, like a silver fox. Mm-hmm. Like, they all, again, they all look amazing, but Jennifer Aniston and, and Schwimmer look like they just popped. Courtney Cox, popped. too. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's great. She's great. Mm. Yeah, she might be. Is she 57? I don't want to say too thin. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird to say too thin. Nobody's too anything. If you're happy, you're happy. Yeah. Uh, but she is quite thin, but she's, uh, she, she posts stuff on Instagram like, uh, like sped up meal prep and like uh, really Courtney good Cox, stuff. Right? Yeah, Cox, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's and, 58. Uh, How did that happen? Yeah, and Jennifer Aniston is 53. And you know what's also crazy is a few days ago, Tom Cruise turned 60. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was yep. incredulous. I keep th- I mean, I know he's in his 50s, but I'm like, ah, oh, he's 53. No, he's I not. saw him at the, um, he was at Silverstone last weekend, the Formula One Grand Prix. And he was Ooh. in the paddock area, and uh, he still looked great, but not as great as on a red carpet. <laughs> oh, really? Eh? <laughs> yeah. But hey, I guess he they, still uh, looks amazing. they spiff him up for the 
the red yeah. carpet action. I but feel he's, like he gets uh, extra work done just before big events. <laughs> he still looks, but he's physically like a beast. You know, he looks yeah. in great shape, and I'm sure he keeps himself. Well, well, he does so many of those stunts himself, right? So he has a shirt on on um, during the week, F1 weekend, so I can't, can't comment see his to six that. Pack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So here is question number one for uh, trivia. So um, hold on, I wanted to make sure I got the right one. Yes. Please. Here do. we are. Which '90s toy was banned from the offices of the National Security Agency in the United States? Hmm. Sharon, you look pain. <laughs> I almost said this the fidget spinner. I was almost. I was thinking the same later. thing. But that's a 2010 <laughs> toy, isn't it? Yeah. The ten. Even later than that. It's like just three years ago. <laughs> so no, um, no guesses. Is it on something that one? slimy or like gluey? Wait a second. Nineties uh, toy ban ban from the NSA, National Security Agency. Huh. I don't know. Like water pistols. That would be a know. good guess, though, Adam. I don't even. I don't even know. You ready what for this? Because so it's going to be. I'm going to see some raised eyebrows. Uh oh. The Furby. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, sadly, Adam, they don't tell me why. They just give me the answer. And the Furby had like a little thing in it, though. Didn't it talk like a weird little? Uh, oh, maybe. Did it have a language? Did it have movement? Maybe there to was it? code in there that they didn't want getting out to the Russians. <laughs> oh, exactly. I just yeah, that's exactly what it was. Uh, it was banned because of concerns that they might be used to record and repeat classified information. Oh, right. That makes sense. That does make the sense. Huh. But you, more you know, you would ask yourself, <laughs> would a uh, national security agent really be headed for a Furby as an office toy? Well, I think that would well, be the big tip-off. Yeah. <laughs> What's he doing with a Furby? <laughs> He's Why recording is Bill our calls. bringing that thing in here to the <laughs> Bill seems so normal <laughs> till the Furby Why does incident. he keep shaking this thing upside down? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all right, so uh, this is a sporting question, so I feel confident for the both of you. And I again, as we've discussed, these cards are a little bit bananas. So here's how the question actually reads. And funny enough, it's normally the answer... That's ridiculous, but the question is now ridiculous. Here we go. Good. Like, comma, so, comma, who beat Steffi Graf to win the 1999 women's singles at Wimbledon? Adam. Go, Adam. Ooh. Would it be Navratilova? It was not, but I love that you put a French accent to it. Ah, it was I couldn't say it in English. I had to go for the French. (laughs) I'm going to say Martina Hingis. Oh, that's a good guess also. Wait, can I keep guessing? You can get one more guess, but it won't count. Go. Um... (laughs) No, I saw all the Wimbledon winners this weekend. They made a in that parade cool of winners. Yeah. So this is a timely yeah, question cool. I'm asking you. Yeah. Mm, I have no idea. Lindsay wait, 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 wait. Davenport. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, for the record, Adam got two guesses. It. I got one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next week, Sharon. Maybe I'll get my extra guess then. You're welcome. Uh, Lindsay Davenport. That's cool. I haven't heard her name in a while. Since then, probably since. <laughs> <laughs> I think she retired, not early, but early. I don't know if it was because of injuries I think you're or right. Yep, I think you're right. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that, that parade was interesting to watch. It's nice to see, <laughs> nice to see the players in uh, regular clothing because <laughs> they all clean up pretty good. Um, but it's neat. It's, uh, Wimbledon is one of those tournaments that you don't even have to love tennis, but there's such an excitement around it that you end up 
after watching a few matches, you're like, I think I can play this game. <laughs> and that's the only time she won it. She did the final in uh, 2000 and 2005, but 99, 1999 is the only time she uh, she actually won the tournament. Imagine that, though. Imagine all the work that ha- you have to put in to get to the final. Yeah. Like, it's you can't even presume it's going to happen. Then you have someone like Serena Williams, who is just, like, incredible. Mm-hmm. And she's not making it to the finals this year. Yeah. I mean, she had she did take a year off. Yeah. She has been injured. She, the fact that she made a return at her age is incredible. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of work that goes into even just making the tournament at all. Oh, my goodness. It's crazy. crazy. People have no idea the amount of... It's like when we watch the Olympics and we all get into luge for two weeks or whatever it is. But then... Or skeleton, Sharon's personal favorite. But It's just foreboding. Yeah, but then... <laughs> um, we don't see the hours at the gym and the track and the weightlifting and the nutrition. And these are, you know, the luge, for example, not such a, I would say, I mean, it's a well-known sport, but it's not like well-known in June. You know what I mean? So yeah. they, it's not it's not as if they're getting tons of sponsorship money from Nike, most likely. You know, so they, it's a lonely road for like three and a half years until we all get on the bandwagon, you know, leading up. And you'd think you'd want like you know, a, a bit of extra padding in a sport like the luge or the skeleton so that if you do bounce off, <laughs> you know, it won't, it won't, there's like a little bit of cush between <laughs> your bones and the ice wall. Yeah, exactly. Sharon sticking to the important details. Yes, chips. <laughs> Imagine though, you were talking about the diet and the strictness that comes along with having to eat properly when you're training for something like the Olympics mm-hmm. or Wimbledon or whatever the high level professional sport. And you're like, I'll just have some chips. No. Nope. <laughs> I'm not you sure know? I could do it. But you know I, what's crazy? I'm As pretty sure I've I couldn't. Seen, like when Michael Phelps in 2008, remember he won, was it eight medals at the Beijing Olympics yep. or whatever? I remember mm-hmm. watching, I think it was a CBS report on him or something, and they f- they followed, you know, a life, like a day in the life of him training. And obviously, he is a tall fellow, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, he has calories to stack on to stay, you know, buff and all that stuff. Yeah. The amount of food that that guy got to eat, and not all of it looked healthy. I think I saw him eat some sort of bacon sandwich and all this. But because Ooh, he's expending so much energy that. in the pool and the weightlifting, he needs to take on like whatever amount of thousands of calories he does every day. But that's the thing is when they stop, they can't keep eating like that. And that's why I think you see a lot of professional athletes like hockey players and football players, I think especially, and MLB pr- players that completely yeah. tip the scales after because they're still eating as if they're playing. I think you see it especially with swimmers because we're so used to seeing them mostly naked and ripped, you know it's yeah. when it's when it's men you know and and, and women too I mean they they have more uh, lycra covering their bodies but you see what they have you see the results of their hard work so that like you say if you continue with that but you're not doing the exercise to counteract <laughs> the calories you can see the built-in floaties starting to <laughs> present itself you know like, i don't know what happened i think you do <laughs> i think it was the chips fella <laughs> agreed maybe that's why i've got my own personal flotation device <laughs> ready at um, all time sharon Ready to go. Now, you know what? We were talking about how, um, how I think we just know this. Music always helps. Always. Any situation makes it better 
every single time. And when you think of a band like Savage Garden to have given so many great songs within our favorite decade, love songs, fun songs, dance songs, really great songs. Um, and then after years of figuring things out, singer Darren Hayes is now talking about how he's uh, he's made it to the brink of his own very personal darkness, but has made it back. And it's thanks to new music, which he's also done. Pretty heavy story. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised by any of it when you read? Because he None. talked about his journey to um, coming to terms with the fact that he's gay. Yeah. And uh, that, I think, speaks for a lot of the mental health issues he went through because he didn't share it or felt he couldn't share it. I think it stems a lot, too, from his parents. It felt like he couldn't come out and right. be his authentic self, I think, for years. It's uh, it's and it's it's a very common story, no matter what uh, what your lot in life is, whether you're a giant superstar or, you know, someone just about to graduate high school, or university or in a job, you're in a, a path on your life where you realize, hmm, I think I might be on the wrong path. And I think I know what my truth is, but I don't know that, you know, my people will be supportive. And in that you start closing doors and closing yourself in and you start concluding things about people based on what you know of them. Uh, I think that's the danger zone. You end up isolating yourself in your own thoughts in, in a lot of cases and uh, maybe not giving the people in your life the chance to, to, to rise to their own occasion. Oftentimes they let you down, which is what hurts. But when you're alone, in the case of Darren Hayes, the brink was uh, uh, depression and uh, overwhelming thoughts of suicide, which didn't happen. But this was at the height of their fame when Savage Garden was ruling our favorite decade, mm-hmm. at least the charts, you know, like they were doing great. But how many times do we hear that story of people at the height of their fame where we're, you know, going, oh, my God, it must be so amazing to be them. And yeah. they're not happy at all. No, it's uh, it's a weird time. Like it's it's an enviable position because they seem like they're on top of the world. But mm-hmm. Like like we were talking about security detail before, if that who if that's who your you know your closest person is, that's that's it seems like a really skewed reality. So probably really hard to adjust to. Mm-hmm. And it's scary. I remember uh, what was his name? The famous chef that traveled the world, Bourdain. Who, Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain, and I think when he passed away, they they had a clip of him saying about let's say you win an Oscar one year that's what that's the level of adrenaline you need to be happy if you don't get that next year then you're unhappy and you're you're not having the emotions and everything you're supposed to feel to be happy so it feels like complete S-H-I-T you know right yet at the same time with that burden I think I think if you I think if that's a possibility then you have to realize that uh, success has you have to manage your success to be a long stretch so mm-hmm. if you peak with that thing mm-hmm. but you don't get that thing again it doesn't negate all the great work that you do right like easier said su- than done but yes but that's the work I guess and, yeah. and maybe maybe there should be a class on that to, instead of there's all kinds of classes on how you should act in front of the camera on what you should say and what you shouldn't say we've heard professional athletes talk about um, like ridiculous things, like even during a game or after a game about, you know, what do you think you could have done better? Oh, I think if we put more pucks in the net, we would have won. 
no kidding. So they're coached on like how to, you know, perform and give you sort of platitude answers, but maybe they should be coached on dealing with not getting there again. But it's it, in in saying it out loud, it sounds counterproductive because it seems like you're teaching them how to lose, which you kind of yeah. are. Because mm-hmm. if you go back to when they were six years old playing the sport or doing the yep. thing or dreaming of being the singer, you had to be prepared to know how to lose, be a good sport, you know? I don't know. I man. think th- why, that's why, too, there's so many child star issues, because if they peak yeah. at 16 or 17 or whatever, even, you know, Justin Bieber, good example He's actually one of the exceptions where he's lucky, even though he kind of personally tanked for a while, his career yep. has never suffered. Right. You know, like his career has kept going. And, I, and it's funny, I actually had that thought about him the other day. Unless something really goes, I don't know what, he's just cool. You know, in like mm-hmm. his songs are always great. He teams up with the right collaborations. So he keeps himself in all these different genres, whether it's pop or hip hop or R&B, whatever. And then, and now he seems to get it on the personal front. So now he's he's yeah. flying high again, but in a, I think in a very balanced way. Um, yeah. But there's lots of celebrities like you know even back in the '90s where they would have peaked in the '90s and had one or two hit singles, and then that was it. And then they try to live up to that for the rest of their life, and it doesn't work out, right? They're chasing it. It's like a drug. Yeah. So I think that's why yeah. you see a lot of these celebrities in rehab or or not making it. You know, there's been enough mm-hmm. celebrities that didn't make it. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, full circle back to Darren Hayes. He did seek professional help. He got, uh, uh, he dealt with the pain that he suffered in, uh, in, as a child and, uh, and took the proper steps to getting, uh, to getting mentally healthy and making music, which he also credits to, uh, to basically saving his life. So happy trails to Darren Hayes with a brand new album coming. Um, and those stories, uh, when you read them or even see them, uh, interviews happen on, on, uh, entertainment shows, they'll often include crisis, uh, hotline information, suicide prevention, lifeline.org, things like that. And that was one of the tag, um, websites that was included in the uh, interview that we read with, um, Darren Hayes and People Magazine. So there, there is help available if, if, uh, if you need it. And it's a matter of reaching out. So reach out if you need to. And sometimes reach out if you don't need to. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Stay in touch with people. Have good conversations. And uh, and thank you for listening to 90s Now. We're here to help. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully, exactly. Um, what else do we want to talk about? There I have a quick else. sidebar that I didn't put in the notes, but I must talk to the both of you about. I love sidebars. Is it dipped in chocolate? Uh, It could be. Um, (laughs) So I forgot. I knew it was coming up, but completely, because all sense of time and space seems to elude me these days. The the days (laughs) just meld into one another. But it was um, Essence Fest this past weekend in Louisiana. And so many amazing artists were performing. And actually, Adam, I'm not sure if you could quickly do this for me, but I'm pretty sure Lauren Hill was performing at Essence Fest. And I wanted to give a shout out to Janet Jackson because she performed. And from what I gather, she was at one of the stadiums and 48,000 people watched her perform. And you should see the amount of accolades that everybody was giving her on Twitter, in articles. Everybody was just saying what an amazing performance she put on and was showing the young ones how to do it. Patti LaBelle was there. Debbie Allen was there. Um, New, New Edition was performing. 
the list goes on. So I just wanted to give a shout out to all the performers who went to Essence Fest and uh, put on a great show for the fans. And actually now it's like, it's it's been a goal of mine for a while and now I really want to make it happen. I do want to go to Essence Fest at some point because it, it has to be amazing. If you love R&B, that's the place to go. Wow. So want to know what happened? Wyclef Jean was performing and midway through his set, Lauren Hill stepped on stage. There we go. Oh, uh, for a solo rendition of Killing Me Softly. Wow. And then... They were joined by her Fuji's bandmates on How Many Mics, Fuji Law, and Ready or Not. Nice. So that's pretty cool. Fuji Law, love that song. So good. So good. Oh and also, gosh. by the way, and Sharon will appreciate this, I follow Tootie, Kim Fields, on um, the social media. And yeah. I don't. And it's just a quick sidebar to that. She has a show on Netflix called The Upshots. Have you watched it yet? I have not. It's the number one... Uh, sitcom on Netflix, I believe, is the the banner. So congratulations to Kim Fields. I think that's amazing. I'm on it, and so and it's on Netflix. And she um, put out on social media because her and Janet have been buddies since they were teenagers, and since they were on like uh, when Tootie was a little kid on Facts of Life, and Janet appeared on Different on Strokes. Different Strokes, I believe, from all. And I think they met each other at an audition. I guess they were both up for something at one point. So that's how, and then I think it was. Kim Field's mom played Janet's mom on Good Times. Is that correct? Um, or something. Something about possibly, that. Possibly, because also Kim Field's mom played her mom on Facts of Life. What's her mom's name? Do you know? I'm totally blanking. Mrs. Fields. Okay. <laughs> I think it's something different. But anyway. I think you're probably right. But, uh, Is it Chip Fields? Kim Field's mom. Chip Fields? I don't, Chip? I don't think Chip is Kim mama. Kim Fields' mama. mother. It says Laverne, Ch- Laverne Chip Fields. Huh. Well, maybe Chip. Is an American singer, actress, television director, and producer oh. who appeared in popular films, television shows, and Broadway, Broadway oh, theater. Oh, maybe. Is, is Chip in quotes? Like that's a name or maybe a last name? Well, the big Wikipedia, uh, the big Google thing says Chip Fields, but on Wikipedia it says Laverne Chip in, oh, uh, I guess that's her nickname. Quotes? Wow. In, uh, in quotes, Fields. Um, cool. So there's a video on Kim Fields' Instagram of Janet and her saying hi at Essence Fest, and they hadn't seen each other in person in 15 years. Wow. So it was really cute to see them together. That's neat, because they kind of resembled each other yep. at, the, at that time. Mm-hmm. Same hair, the yeah. back hair. <laughs> yeah. Super. They were so cute, too. So it was cute. like. 14 year olds yeah <laughs> actually adam can you tell me because i want to i think kim fields is the same age as janet or close close maybe two years behind but because um janet's 56 yeah. now uh they're, kim they're fields in my is age 53 box. she just turned 53 there, okay there we go hmm. Hmm. there we are yeah so there that's my uh my sidebar <laughs> that's about my that. thoughtful sound yeah by the way <laughs> huh. um Let's carry on then, shall we? Because uh, we talked about a reboot of a TV show. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny that my I thought I would lead with the idea that, um, you know, you can't have a 90s reboot without the title character. And then I thought, well, yes, you can, because uh, they did it with the Connors. Because they had to. Because <laughs> they had to. Uh, so it can be done, but it's much better when everything works out great. You know, when they... Uh, you know, we had TV really good in the 80s and 90s, and no disrespect to the 2000s at all. There's great TV. Um, but when some of our faves come back for more, 
That's super fun. And like I said, when the title character is on board, we are good to go. Here is a quote from Kelsey Grammer. He says, we're in the final stages of the final script for the first episode of Frasier, the reboot. And it looks pretty good. I've had a couple of runs through and I cried. So, you know, I'm happy. Wow. End quote. That's exciting. I happened upon a couple of episodes. Uh, Deb was watching it and it it holds, totally holds up. Mm-hmm. So to revisit that, I think it's going to be really cool. Roz, as we know, we love as a fellow radio person. So yes, it was great. Super dry. Oh my and gosh. Uh, a quick factoid so that it ran 11 seasons from 93 to 04. And 11 seasons. Eh? Yeah. Wow. And I, I forget the amount of Emmys. But I know that it won five Emmys in a row for Outstanding Comedy. And it was something ridiculous, like 27 Emmys or 35 Emmys it won over the course of 11 years. It's something ridiculous. like. But 11 years, that's, in, that's remarkable. And that is a spinoff, too. Yeah, from Cheers. Yeah. Do you want to know the number? I do. Yes. 37 there Emmys. There we go. Wow. Including five consecutive wins for Best Comedy Series. It's funny. Hmm. It was dry. Good for them. Yeah sarcastic perfectly timed like every character was on it Mm -hmm. the only one i guess who if memory serves is the dad did pass away in real life so he will not obviously make a return but i think everyone else will so that's cool it's gonna be epic uh we've been watching well we haven't watched in a couple of weeks but we were watching julia on uh i think it's on netflix julia child's okay yeah story Mm -hmm. which is remarkable Remarkable how the actress gets uh, gets into the character, and you you don't even see anything but Julia Child, which is amazing. And um, um, why am I blanking on his name? But Niles, oh, the uh, actor, the actor that plays Niles on Frasier, I'm plays also her blank. husband. <laughs> My gosh, what like? I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, be mad at myself too that I'm not remembering his name. I'm not, I'm not, I'll be mad. Because isn't he a Broadway gonna, actor too? He has, I'm not going to beat myself up over <laughs> He has a lot of credits to his resume. <laughs> oh yeah, he's, I should know his name in this moment. And that's what you Is get, it David right? Hyde Pierce? Yes, yeah, it is. There we go. Hey now. Nice one. Three namer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was a sidebar too, okay. that David Hyde Pierce has been busy and he's very good in Julia also. So you know what? Um... After the good news that we'll get to hear uh, the voice of Darren Hayes on his new album, we're going to go back to around this time in 1997 with your 90s rewind. When Savage Garden were enjoying yet another chart hit with I Want You. In the meantime, Paula Cole, (laughs) I just let it sit there for a sec. Uh, Paula Cole was wondering, where have all the cowboys gone? Where did they go? Where are they? They were here? Where are they? Uh, and she had a cool sound to her too, eh? Just kind of quirky, but just quirky enough. Mm-hmm. And how about Robin? Kelly, I know you're a fan of Robin. She was asking musical questions too with like, do you know what it takes? Laying the groundwork <laughs> for a career that continues to this day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Backstreet Boys around this time in 1997 had some pleading tones going on with quit playing games with my heart. <laughs> So sing-alongable. Every one of their songs is sing-alongable. Yeah. And then you find yourself singing along, and you're like, what am I singing? Isn't that a thank you Did to Max Did I just Max say Martin? that word? Because I think he, yeah. he produced a lot of their uh, their stuff. Yeah. He gets and it. And speaking of getting it, credit to Canadians, their first taste of success happened in Canada before anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get it. That's why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
And Mark Morrison, huge hit in 1997, uh, summertime 1997. Great signature song from the 90s, too, with Return of the Mac. That's one of those songs, as soon as it starts, you're like, yes, you're right back there and you're feeling good. So It would actually, yeah, totally. It would end up being his signature hit, too. So not just one to mark the 90s, but kind of one to mark his career. Mm -hmm. And that is your 90s rewind. Was that 97, Sharon? Yeah. Well, then I just need to tack on something, and it fits perfectly. Uh, this year Please is the twenty fifth anniversary of Ultra Nate's Free. Mm, and I love that song. Yeah, and you're gonna love it more because she has just teamed up with Icona Pop, the peeps behind Ooh. I Love It, and they have done a revamped 2022 version, and it's called You're Free, and it sounds Ooh. absolutely stunning. I just talked about it today on my music segment, and if you are a fan of Ultra Nate. And Icona Pop, now you're going to hear them together. And uh, Ultra said that she often gets approached by people who want to take that song and do something. And because she's a writer on it, she obviously has has a big say in all that stuff. And she often, you know, turns down these opportunities. She said what Icona Pop presented to her, she was very excited for. And she was right because it sounds amazing. Oh, cool. I'm going to look at that too. Adam, you will love this song. So check it out. You're free. I'm going to get that song. And I got to start watching Kim Field's... The Upshaws. Uh, sitcom on Netflix. That's your What's homework. it called? The Upshaws. Upshaws? Yeah. I'm down with the Upshaws. Yeah. And last thing, <laughs> um, we I know we talked about it. It was the BT Awards like two weeks ago now or close to, it'll be, yep. you know, close to two weeks. Um, I rewatched the Lizzo one, which we did talk about. Oh, man. Amazing. And then I don't know if you saw Chloe Bailey. She is kind of, people refer to her as like Beyonce's uh, protege, if you will. Oh, wow. Her performance was great except well not except it's the song that she has she has a new single out an r&b song called surprise so definitely check it out and she started out her first one of her first major things was she made it on the ellen show with her sister hallie (gasps) and they sang so if you want to google chloe and hallie ellen show it's 10 years ago so in 2012 you see a 13 year old and an 11 year old with amazing pipes and they went wow. on to have like, you know, they're, they're actually a, a group, the two of them, Chloe and Hallie. And now they've separated off. Chloe's doing some single things, but they will return as Chloe and Hallie. But her voice, Chloe, the, the two of them are absolutely stunning. But you should watch this performance um, on BET because it's amazing. And, and the song Surprise, if you love classic R&B with a 2022 vibe, that's the song. I am in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. your new music is, on 90s Now for this week. This is, a, <laughs> yeah, that's the now part of 90s Now. Yep. Uh, full service. Right on, you guys. Thank you very much for another fun chat. Thank you. Thank and you, thanks, Sharon. And thanks to everybody for finding us. Wherever it is that you do that, we appreciate it. For watching us on YouTube, we like that too. Thank you for, for comments, for feedback. Uh, of course, we prefer the good feedback, so <laughs> emphasize there <laughs> primarily. And thank you for listening to 90s Now. Still happening.